COVID has taken away the last remnants of the music biz and dashed it to the ground. It was already standing on its last legs before this whole mess. When record labels introduced digital formats, i.e. compact discs, simply to drive up the price of music, they became culpable in the eventual result of music's worthlessness in the digital age, whether they remember that or not. When the industry tried to rebrand with digital downloads through platforms like iTunes, alternate platforms like Spotify emerged to popularize the streaming of music, circumventing any direct deposit to the band or musician. The only chance a band or musician had left to stay afloat was through live performance. For our band, we've never gone gold. We've never gone platinum. We were able to survive only by playing live, and playing live we did. Before we knew it, 20 years of constant touring had passed. I've seen it with my own eyes when bands that are, that are critics' darlings have to saddle up with us on a tour, they are torn to pieces. I will admit it here, I have little sympathy for them. Being a good live band has always been the mark of a real band to me. Putting out a great-sounding album is important too, but being a good live band separates the wheat from the chaff. Well, now that COVID has taken even that stream away from everybody, I am sitting here waiting just like the rest of us, waiting for a vaccine, for viable treatment, and an advancement in diagnostic testing so we can all get back to the business of playing live music again. Not only are the bands and crews directly affected by this madness, so are the venues that house the shows, the bus companies, the caterers, the rental companies... And the music festivals. Music festivals are vital to music today. Beyond it being a chance to get off on live music and have a great outing with friends, when properly curated, they can be wonderful summits of like minds all bent in celebrating and continuing the tradition of music fandom. I can't count how many times I've been turned on to bands I had no idea about just by being at a festival and how many priceless moments I've taken from participating in them. I'm bracing myself and hoping that fellow musicians and fellow live music workers can weather this cold storm and when it passes, because this madness will pass, I hope there will be festivals out there to stage the celebrations. One such festival that I view as vital today is the Roadburn Festival that takes place every April in Tilburg, Holland at the O13 venue, which is a fantastic site for live music. We've played there a few times over the years. Roadburn has received worldwide attention and acclaim for their fearless adherence to underground music that tends to lean towards the darker, heavier, and wilder side. Originally centering around stone rock, Roadburn slowly expanded to other realms in the heavy music world, embracing heavy metal, experimental, avant-garde, avant-noise, and generally outsider music. As the years trudge on, so do the music branches that Roadburn champions. In 2018, I released my first book called I've Got Something to Say, a collection of essays I've written for various magazines and online sites over a period of 10 years. One of those entries was my essay on Roadburn that I wrote back in 2013. Michel Langevin, a.k.a. Away from Voivod, illustrated the article for the book. He even typed it up, too, which made it even more cool. 
In it, I talked to Walter Hojemakers about the Roadburn Festival. Walter is the co-founder of Roadburn, and although our band has played many festivals in Holland, everything from Pink Pop to Lowlands to the Metropolis Festival to Zwart Cross, we've never played Roadburn. We don't fit its parameters, let's be honest. Come on. I think that's obvious. But that doesn't mean I'm not a fan of the bands that make it into Roadburn. And happily, well, I will happily watch from the outside. I've never attended, though, mainly because we're usually on tour or making a record or home recuperating from a tour. But I'm endlessly fascinated by Roadburn and glad it's around. Maybe one day I will be able to attend. I just got to wait this stupid virus out. So this is my second talk with Walter Hojemakers. This time it's for the podcast. Thanks for listening to this on either iTunes, SoundCloud, or Spotify. If you like it, please subscribe to it. That would be super cool, too. Okay, here we go. Walter Hojemakers of Roadburn is this episode's guest on the Danko Jones podcast, and it starts now. The Danko Jones podcast is the best around. They play the kids, take us, go out, tell them for free. I said, but I like to sometimes tell me it's from fucked up. Stop playing, hang down, down. There's only one podcast to listen to in this world, and that's the Danko Jones podcast. Listen to the Danko Jones Podcast! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, get ready because the Danko Jones Podcast starts! Hello. Hello, how are you? I'm okay. How are you, Danko? I'm doing good, Walter. So how are you? How are you doing? I, I am okay. I'm a bit tired. We've got, uh, we've got new preventive measures since last night over here in the Netherlands, and they are very strict. So I'm trying to adjust to all these new, new rules and trying to understand what that, mom, uh, what that means for my daily the things that i'm doing daily and everything so it's 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 a bit weird yeah um well i know we're we're if not already in the second wave it's coming and uh i get it so uh we're we're starting to here i think i think uh, holland is a little ahead of the game um than canada so uh eventually we'll be under the same guidelines uh, I, I I hope that that it, they they are talking about that second wave over here that we are like at the at, at the start of the second wave. But fingers crossed, this they will get this under control. And but strange and unprecedented times. That's what I can say. <laughs> well, you know, um, as long as you know you and I and everyone we know and everyone is safe and sound and. We're, you know, adhering to all the guidelines. We can just wait till a vaccine, and once that's there, everything will return. 
I keep my fingers crossed for things to return in 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 one shape or a form. Uh, I'm I'm longing to to go to shows and see people and hurt people. Uh, can't wait for I I literally can't wait for all this. But until then, I will uh, make sure that I will. Uh, take good care of myself and uh, my girlfriend and the people I love. Well, one of the, one of the reasons why I, I asked you for the podcast is I've turned this podcast into a weekly podcast since I'm home and in quarantine. I'm not quarantine, but in lockdown. Um, you know, I, 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 there's, there's, uh, it's also a good way to reach out and, and to see how everyone I know in the music biz is, is doing and feeling and coping and uh, you know and also a way to reassure people who might not be doing well so <clears throat> I think I, I'm very um, optimistic and hopeful uh, that everything just kind of returns to normal and you know the thing is we as you know humans have a way of you know everything is dire but the moment things turn around it's in the rear view minute, in the blink of an eye, and we can't even remember what we went through. Um, when you think about six months ago, I, I can't even remember how crazy it was. We didn't know what this virus was, and we didn't know how it transferred. We didn't know what to do. And six, seven months later, you know, we've gotten a handle of it, and no one's thinking like that anymore. And, and I just think in six to eight months from now, We'll be even more, you know, prepared, you know, and capable of, of handling the situation until things return to back to how they were. I, I, I feel the same. If I if I look back to like March and early April when the, the virus started to emerge in Europe, things were so crazy and nobody actually knew what hit us and mm. as, as, as the organizer of, of Roadburn like, didn't even know what hit me we, as a team we didn't know what hit us but fast forward to October and now it's more like it seems that, that March and April are years ago and mm -hmm. luckily we understand we understand a bit more about the virus. We know that we have to either sit this out or wait for the vaccine or medication. And I I I I hope that the second wave isn't as bad as they think it could be, and that we uh, slowly can focus on getting back to like things like shows and 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 and. and and, and cultural events and things like that. Maybe it's not like this year, but I, I'll keep my fingers crossed that throughout uh, 2021, at least things go more or less back to to normal. I think and so. I, 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 I'm very hopeful about that. Maybe not in the early part of next year, mm -hmm. but come summer and fall, uh, I... If it's not a full back to normalcy, things will start slowly returning, and that's all. That's a hey. I I'll be happy with that. You know what I mean? I I hear you, and I will. I would be very happy with that too. Very happy, to be honest. 
So let's let's uh, let, let's talk about um, Roadburn because you mentioned it. You are the uh, are you the founder and organizer or co-founder co-organizer of Roadburn? Uh, uh, I started Roadburn back in 1998 uh, together with Jurgen and uh, Eva and a couple of others. And at the beginning, Roadburn was uh, mainly a website. Um, uh, uh, more like a platform where uh, like-minded people could meet and read about each other and uh, we kept like the back then we kept the stoner and doom scene informed about what was going on and then in 1999 we started the festival it was like me and Jürgen and Eva and some others we started the festival at first Roadburn was just like a, a small-time event a couple of bands per night, and it gradually, it gradually turned into the festival as it as it is like nowadays. And I am um, Jurgen is not involved anymore. Jurgen is running his label, like Burning World and Roadburn Records, and I'm doing the festival. But I'm more the artistic director of the festival, and the O13 venue is an equal partner, and they take care of the legal and financial financial part of the festival and the production of the festival where I and Becky from the UK we are doing uh, more the creative stuff and, uh, the, and, and, and Becky is also doing a lot uh, when it comes to publicity and communications so it just grew like it, 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 it's like this process happened over all these years right so what is what is your background personally uh, when it comes to when it comes to this kind of music this kind of underground music I have always been uh, I've always been in love with underground music since I was 15 years old like like of course like I, I loved uh, heavier music I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I'm 55 and like 40 years ago I listened to to bands like Golden Earring and ECDC and Kiss and Van Halen. Th that are the bands that I was growing up with. Michael Schenker, Saxon, Iron Maiden, Priest, all these bands. And throughout the years, like my, my, my teenage years, I started to discover like Metallica and all the trash bands and later on all the death metal bands. And I, I grew up like with one, I, I was firmly rooted in like, at, in in the classic rock, but also in the underground. And uh, Roadburn was like a culmination of my love for like both underground music and like, like let's say the classic rock, the heavy seventies kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. That's what I was. That's why I was drawn to Roadburn because it did, it did meld those two worlds together somewhat. It, it it and it it, it 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 has never been a blueprint. There was never be really a blueprint. It was just we were like quite interested in, in both like those that, that classic rock scene and, and especially like the, the Hawkwinds and Armandules and Blue Cheers of this world and also like bands like Sin Fighters and Trouble and Cathedral and like Orange Goblin and, and like Caius Monster Magnet and we really wanted to bring both worlds together. Though over the years, of course, Roadburn changed quite a bit, and we became 
more like um, a festival for heavy music, but unrestricted by by any genre. I find that I notice that the genre that I think you adhere to, if any genre, would be simply put underground music. Yes, underground music, dark underground music, but in, in any shape or form right. nowadays. Right, it could be an accordion, but if it sounds like, you know, caterwauling from, from the bowels of hell, then it's roadburn worthy. Yes, yes, yes it is. And also, but also like a, a singer-songwriter singer touching upon the darker uh, sides of life. But also like the freeform jazz jazz band that touches up on like psychedelica, but also like some experimental darkish hip hop could also be roadburn, but but still, it it, it roadburn it will will always be a festival tied to the to like the underground. Um, <clears throat> now. I hesitate to use the term outsider music because outsider music can be can can be just so off off the scale um, that it, it doesn't sound dark. It doesn't sound um, counter to anything. It's just so whack wacky weird. Uh, would that also? And I I guess I should give you a description of an example, but. Would that also uh, fall into a roadburn-worthy act if it was simply like you know a fun guy playing spoons and and you know singing cheery songs? But it's just so weird. So I guess the term would be weird. Uh, would that also because I, I hesitate to use outsider music because outsider music can be anything, you know? And would that appeal to roadburn? Ah, we embrace the weird at Roadburn, and I, I think it appeals, but I don't think it appeals only to music, uh, to be a bit cautious, but I think that Roadburn is um, a gathering of, like, these outsiders, like, people that are, like, having, like, a different outlook on life, a different outlook on music and art and culture, and... Roadburn is a kind of safe haven for them to come together, and when it comes to, it, it's mainly like, maybe misfits is the wrong word, but it's still like this this gathering of people that are like carved a niche of their own and 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 are outsiders and are looking for like their like-minded peers whether it's musicians or attendees or artists or writers. And I think that's the beautiful, um, the beautiful part of Roadburn, that it doesn't matter whether you are an outsider or a misfit or that you have like a different outlook on life. It, it, it's, it's a safe haven to actually um, be part of, whether you're a musician, as I said. So for me... Um, Outsider and outsider music appeals, yeah, is is so appealing for me when it, when when I'm talking to Roadburn when I talk about Roadburn. Ha, okay, so I uh, knowing knowing you as the founder of Roadburn, the the person behind this wild festival, um, I already 
you don't count. But when it comes to the attendees of Roadburn, have you in the past tested their um, ability to their their openness by some of the acts that you've booked? Because they might be just too. You know, this is a this is I would assume this is a group of people that you know Sano is something that they can definitely dig, but something that is just so left field, they would reject. Have you tested those boundaries? We are testing those boundaries more and more nowadays. Of course, we tested the boundaries a little bit over the years, like um, with adding some like uh, more like acid fog to Roadburn. Or like some free jazz, but over the last couple of years, we broadened our horizons, and especially the edition that didn't happen, the 2021, we were also focusing heavily on electronics, and also on different, on a different outlook on psychedelica, and we um, abandoned the traditional stoner and doom. Mm. Uh, 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 we, we abandoned traditional stoner and doom uh, quite a bit, and we started to testing the boundaries uh, like more and more, and it was very surprising to see that a lot of people really were craving uh, for this to happen, mm-hmm. and but also it was very painful and uh, uh, to to see, and it hurt me also that. There were like a lot of like original uh, road burners that were not that happy with the direction that we took with the festival, or that they didn't adhere to those new kind of styles. But it also opened the door for many new people to uh, to come to Roadburn or to like inquire about the festival because it 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 the festival got a new lease of life in a way. Right. And it, 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 it's a difficult question, then, uh, a question, Danko, because, like, it, it, I, I want Roadburn to be a, a festival that, it's, that it, 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 it's a cutting-edge festival. Roadburn has always had a, a kind of urgency and to main, maintain that cutting-edge feel or to maintain the urgency, you, you have to... Um, uh, um, you really have to push the boundaries of, of music and the boundaries of heaviness a little bit. You have to redefine the festival year by year, I think. I am in full agreement with you. I feel a lot of people who kind of identify with Roadburn, maybe originally identified with Roadburn, thought themselves as a little open, a little more open-minded than most heavy music listeners. And I like the fact that you're challenging, uh, you know, their assumptions. Uh, so that, that's, I think that's a step in the right direction, but I know you'll always have one foot planted in, I think everything starts with Black Sabbath to me, so, especially with Roadburn. So, you know, in that world of, like you said, stoner and doom, you'll always have a foot planted in there. I have to. Of course, of course, I will have a foot planted in 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 the uh, originators of all, all this because that's the music where it all started for mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. and I need to keep I need to keep grounded, and 
I will never abandon like um, the, the the origins of Roadburn, though they will be present to maybe a lesser extent, or maybe we are going to invite, uh, uh, we are going to challenge or, or attendees with, or by inviting bands that like, are not the less obvious uh, like bands that are also heavily inspired by Sabbath and, and all these bands. So it's always a constant challenge of like being cutting edge and urgent, but also staying true to your roots. Mm-hmm. And that, that's a very fine line yeah. I, uh, I started to notice, to, to keep true to yourself and be a kind of inno- innovative. It's a fine line. And it, 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 it also makes me sometimes very insecure mm-hmm. about decisions or choices or bands that I have been inviting. But still, I do it always uh, with my heart and soul. And that that's the most important thing. Yeah. Um, you know, a long time ago when we were opening for bands, um, we didn't know if we should headline. Like, when is the right time to headline your own show. You know, you open and you you become very uh, comfortable opening. It's an easy gig and you always, if you're a good band, you always get a good reception, but it's when you make the jump from being an opening band to a headlining band. And so we were speaking to one of the bands that we were on tour with once and one of the guys just said, you just book the show as a headliner and people will just say, you're a headliner. And you just say we're a headliner, and that's how you go, and you—that's how you—that's how you become a headlining band. So, in, in when it comes to Roadburn, you just book the band, and they're a Roadburn-worthy band, and they are. They people will see them on the the bill. At first, they'll go, "Why is that band here?" And then eventually, it's because they belong here. You know, people will just. Mm-hmm you know get used to that idea i i find i've done it myself just as a fan i've 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 seen things that at first i said that doesn't make sense to me and then you you get used to the idea and then yeah it does make sense to me <laughs> yeah it, it's sometimes i'm also trying to uh, to um avoid putting bands in headliner positions oh please please don't get me wrong Danko. but sometimes i'm like Sometimes it's also nice to have maybe lesser-known bands at very um, at, at, at very um, uh, prominent uh, uh, slots at the festival, just because you believe so much in such a band and you want to present them as a future headliner or a future bigger band or a band that can have have a significant impact on the scene, and by just um, uh, uh, putting bands forward to like. Uh, 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 putting bands forward like that, then you can at least tell people to, um, 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 how do you say, you, you can you can uh, um, tell people, hey, we believe in this band, mm-hmm. or we are like, um, um, we think that these bands will, will play this significant part in, in, in the future of, of the underground. Right. And... I I I, rem- I have seen you guys play many times over the years, and I still remember that you did your first like uh, club tour in the Netherlands, and I I know you happened to play here in Utrecht many years ago, not that far away from my hometown. 
I, I think I was the stage manager at Echo that day. And I was very surprised it was your first like club tour and having 300 people in the room and such a buzz. And that felt already a headline show to me back then. Oh, yeah, absolutely. When I say headliner, I mean, you're just, whether there's 50 people in a club or 100, 1,000 people, you're just the last band that people came to see. That means you're the headlining band. And, mm -hmm. and so we've always, after that, it just made sense. And, and we'll book a tour and we'll go out and this is our tour and we're the headlining band. And, you know, uh, eventually people get used to that idea. Um, and that's how you 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 i think if there's not going to be record sales or a record company behind you like we've never really had you got to do it yourself and uh, i think the way that you're doing it making sure that you know lesser known bands are are in a headlining slot i think that does pull focus onto them and makes people pay attention Th that's all i want to do indeed like i sorry i couldn't uh... I forgot uh, forgot the proper uh, wording for slots, but I, I want to give like certain bands like proper slots or headlining slots or prestigious slots or, or whatever you call them. But at least um, to acknowledge that we at Roadburn firmly believe in these bands, and by doing so, we are hoping to push these bands uh, uh, forward, and we hope that those slots will um, 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 help. Um, these bands to gain confidence and help them uh, to grow as, as artists and musicians so now I'm uh, uh, as I'm getting a little bit older I, I, I want uh, to help certain bands to grow to make sure that there is like um, a healthy underground scene for years and years and that 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 the underground will will keep very like urgent and cutting edge and very interesting and I, I, I think that that festivals have festivals and artistic directors have the obligation to help these people and help these bands to make sure that all this beautiful uh, music will will sustain and and that we will maintain the, the, the whole underground scene. I mean that's that's great. That's great that someone out there is 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 working towards that. My question to you is: some of these bands are so <clears throat> are sometimes not just new but so unknown. How do you find them? Like online, I live I live online. It's I'm, I'm finding these bands on, on, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Bandcamp. And also, um, I, I keep my eye open for discussions. Maybe I'm not always like mingling with every discussion on Facebook, but I see people posting about bands. I see people respond to it. And I'm like, hey, this is interesting. I don't know them. And then I start listening to bands. Or sometimes I see uh, musicians like you post about certain bands that they that, that that you guys have seen or that you guys met or that you know from like the rehearsal room spaces and it's just I try to keep an eye out on on new music, but I especially keep an eye out on people that I admire and people that I think that are like real music aficionados and. 
they inspire me to start listening to the bands they are talking about. And that's how I find all these bands, just to keep a very, very keen eye uh, on, 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 on everything. And it's mostly, as I said, I find most of these bands just by being online. Huh. And talking to and and talking to uh, 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 talking to people when I'm at shows and I I I, uh, I engage with a lot of lot of people at shows and I I travel a bit to festivals and I also um, talk to bands on the road like when there is new and young underground bands and you start talking to them they are pushing uh, or they are like. Um, pointing out friends or bands that they think that are very interesting. It's I love that, Danko. Like, I, I just love talking about music and I love hearing new music and love being engaged. Um, uh, love being engaged uh, with people when it comes to new music. It, 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 it makes me feel alive. That's uh, that's great. I mean, uh, yeah, because it's uh, always um, when I go through the Roadburn uh, 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 listing of, of bands, I, more bands I don't know than I know, and I always just say, "How did how did anyone find them and and book them and and and, and believe in them enough that other people would." would like them as well. So, you know, it's not just you going as a music fan going, I like these guys, check them out. You are, you know, you're placing your reputation on the line with Roadburn when you book them. Uh, certain that a lot of people will like them as well. So, yeah, it, it's it's always, that that added thing is, is something that makes me wonder, you know, where you find them and what makes you decide to book that act for Roadburn. Um, I want to just like um, share my passion about these bands because I re when I really love a band or when I really think that a band has something extra and uh, bands that are pushing the envelope, I would really love to give them the, the Roadburn pl platform. Um, I, I want to... Uh, um, I want to tell people about these bands because I actually genuinely believe that these bands are special and that other people need to hear them as well. Whether I'm right or not, I don't know. But for me, it's just some... It's hard to explain. It, it needs to, I need to do this, uh, Danko. It's, it, it's basically the only thing that I'm really good at. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, it sounds weird, no, but I, I really, there is such an urge, uh, I feel such an urge to do this, and that's why I keep uh, going, uh, uh, that's why um, Roadburn is, is, is still so important to me, because it's a reflection of my heart and soul, the lineup of the festival, and the way how uh, Becky and I talk about the bands, and the way how Becky um, uh, does... Um, the publicity and some of the other uh, people involved writing about these bands. We really want to make sure that people hear about them. Uh -huh. That's that's and that's the most important feeling for me. And 
I think once I will lose that feeling and things will become more like a routine and I'm just booking bands because the sake of bands, then I think that then things will go very downhill. When uh, part of the Roadburn Festival uh, that I've noticed over the last few years is that you bring in a guest to um, to book a certain night. Um, how 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 do you make that decision on the the person appointed, and what is their job? Um, uh, we have indeed been working with curators. It, it, it's, uh, this year, like in 2020, we for the first time we had two young curators. It was uh, it, it should have been uh, uh, the curation by Emma Wood Rundle and James Kent Curtebater. They they have been curating 2020. That was a, a little um, a slight change with having young people. Normally, I pick people that had um, actually. Um, the mark on, 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 on Roadburn like they are artists that have been releasing significant albums, landmark landmark albums or bands that uh, played a pivotal role in not only the festival but also in the underground and are real trailblazers so to say and I was always very curious to see what these kind of bands of artists uh, would be doing with a festival like Roadburn right. when they could like put together um, uh, one of the days. And then it's very interesting to work with Tom Warrior or with Voivod or with Suno or Electric Wizard or Michael Akerfeld or Com uh, with um, with all these uh, uh, with Jake Bannon from uh, Converse because they are, they are such an outspoken uh, musicians and artists. And it's very nice to see how they would broaden Roadburn's horizons. And it, it, it's an incredible process to be part of. And you start to notice why these people have been so influential and have been so important uh, while working with them. You see all the hallmarks that... Uh, uh, all the hallmarks of their music and their personality, you see that all in their curation. And to witness that firsthand, that is an incredible gift. Do they do uh, a night or a day or a show? What what exactly is there? Uh, normally, in, in, from the beginning, they mostly curated a stage. Then they did a day, a whole day. Okay. And okay. like uh, Jacob Bannon from Converge, he... Um, broke the mold a little bit hmm. and he he was like um at first we wanted to curate the, uh, like a whole day but uh, he wanted to have bands spread over the over the fest over the festival to make uh, things to shake things up and make things a little bit more interesting and from that moment on we decided to keep it like that oh okay because it became interesting because what i'm doing uh, I'm building the the, the the festival around the curation. So you have a you have a curator. They 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 pick the bands themselves. Like they have free reign. Uh, you know they have free reign. Or I ask them to, as I said, broaden the the, the styles and sounds of Roadburn. And then I build the entire festival around the curation so that it 
that it will all fit together and that it's like um, a coherent lineup uh, with, with bands that all fit together. Mm-hmm. But it's very interesting to uh, to to do so when you have a uh, when you have a curator and that you like. Basically, I'm following the curator in a way. Right. Right. And right. It, it, that keeps things fresh. That that keeps things also very exciting because uh, there's always curators that that really really surprise you big time. And I have to say, uh, I this year we had two younger people like uh, Emma and and James, and I asked them like I would love to see your take, both your take on uh, on Roadburn. I have never worked with two curators at once. And they really pushed the envelope in, um, and took the festival in a direction that I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine what um, that direction. And suddenly I realized that I had to step up my game big time. So to be challenged by how did they how did they uh, how did they do that? What what was it about their booking? It it was not only about the booking, but they. Um, they, how this, the boundary, they had different boundaries for the festival that I had. I, I had always liked Roadburn is this heavy festival and uh, be unrestricted of any, on any genre. But in my mind, I was always looking in like, uh, uh, like either like metal and rock and post-rock and mm-hmm. avant-garde. And suddenly they came up with electronics and country music and more like noise and um, uh, um, uh, composers and all that. Mm-hmm. And suddenly they, they took it into an into a direction that I would never dare to take the festival. Mm-hmm. Maybe I wasn't secure enough or maybe I felt too insecure to do it like them. And... As I said, I needed to step up my game and look at Roadburn from like many new perspectives, mm-hmm. and that was very exciting, super exciting. When a curator uh, presents a lineup to you, how hard is it to get everyone on the on the on the list? It's it, it's super hard, Danko. It's of course people have their the curators have always their dreams like you as a musician you will have your dreams for bands that you would love to play with or musicians that you would like to meet or to collaborate it's it's with with curators it's the same they want to try to get reunion shows they want to have like bands at, uh, on the bill that they are admiring or they want to have the new and cutting edge bands on the bill but there is always uh, like they are always prohibited by budget, by availability, but also like some of the bands don't want to re- uh, reunite or some bands see it as an opportunity to make a lot of money, which isn't like then it comes to budget. So it's always in the end, there is always a, a, a dream list from each curator. And then there is the reality and there is always a difference. Right. But in the end, all the curators have been super happy with uh, right. with with the bands that have been been possible. Right. And and sometimes it's also because we cannot handle certain production needs from like the bands they want, or it's like 
it sometimes uh, curators are very close to reunions and they don't happen at the at, at the last moment or it, it's it's really interesting uh-huh. but um, um, it, it, it's nice to see um, when curators like present the list of bands that they would love to approach for Roadburn it, it says so much about who they are and the music they love and like I have seen the most amazing lists and I would all that I would love to have seen at, at, at Roadburn. I remember the list that you presented me once and <laughs> and it, it, it sometimes it's you're getting hampered by reality like and you're thinking like oh my god I want to have this band at Roadburn too but I don't have the budget of, or I have spoken to a band like that but we cannot even uh, meet the production needs at all mm-hmm. like for example for years uh, uh, curators wanted to have like bands like that can dance which is impossible or they wanted to have a botch reunion or it's it's like things like this it's but it's nice to talk uh, uh, it, it's it's nice to talk to them as a as a fan and you see them becoming fans as well and mm-hmm. that's such a great uh, that that's such a great part of the curation one thing I find uh, about uh, Roadburn that's very interesting, it's, it's one of the most, if not the most prestigious heavy underground music festival. And like you said, uh, it's unrestricted in sound and, and sonics. And yet, it is indoors at a venue, whereas other you know uh, music festivals are outdoors. Most of them are. And so this unrestricted music festival in terms of sound is 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 inside this O13 venue. Um, how did that come about? And are there or have there ever been talks about expanding it to an outdoor uh, um, uh, festival site? Um, very very good question. Um, um, we of course expanded the festival a little bit. We we used the O13. We have like um, another venue close by called Cooper Hall, and uh, uh, like we have multiple venues in uh, in a close vicinity. But still, per day there is four thousand people, four thousand two hundred people at Roadburn, and I would rather keep it like this because. Roadburn has always had a very laid-back atmosphere. Um, um, the inter- I think Roadburn is also about intimacy. And um, at the heart and soul of the... F- at, at, at the core of the festival, it's the musicians. I want to uh, offer, like, the bands and the artists, like, a really good platform um, to perform. And... I think that works best indoors, at good venues, uh, with a really good production uh, facilities. I don't know if I say that properly. Yeah. With a yeah. Good po- yeah. And going outdoors with multiple stages outdoors with a lot of noise leakage and also like... Then the the intimate and laid back atmosphere uh, will change, and I think 
that wouldn't benefit the that wouldn't benefit the um, the vibe of Roadburn and the vibe for musicians to excel. Mm. So yes, there have been talks about doing it outdoors, but I I I I always told O13 that's not what I want. I really want to keep it indoors. I really want to keep it about like 4,200 people a day. That's what I can handle as a human being. I know my I know my strengths, but I definitely know know my weaknesses and my pitfalls. And if we would turn Roadburn into a like Hellfest size kind of festival or mm-hmm. a 20,000 plus uh, size festival, I simply cannot handle that as a as a person. I have not the personality to the, uh, to to adhere to such a festival. Hmm. So it has been a deliberate choice to keep it like this. And I'm very happy about it. Yeah, <clears throat> it seems to seems to be working. Um, and it, the, the, there's always a an urge for people to expand and to grow and to get bigger and bigger. And it's, it's nice when you just know your, your place in space and keep it that way. Yeah. It's, it's roadburn works like this. And, and, and I think, and again, as as you, as you said, it always has been a festival catering towards the underground and, and the, the, both the bands and the attendees, everybody who's there, are like at their core like people that are coming from un- from the underground. And when you when you go big, all the aesthetics will be lost. Mm-hmm. It, it, it it it's plus it doesn't work for some bands. It simply doesn't work. I don't mm-hmm. know how to say. Like for instance, I have seen you play on big stages at festivals but you're capable of handling that banco with your music and, and, and how you are as a performer on stage but can you imagine very introvert like performers that make this like heavy music but are super introvert and are not being used to play like a 10,000 um, capacity venue and yes. suddenly <laughs> yeah. it, it doesn't work no. and that kills like everything. I agree. I agree. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I mean, I love the O13, so it's a great venue, and it's perfect. If in, if anybody's listening and they don't know the venue or never been, it is a perfect venue to see a, a big enough band or a, or a small band becoming bigger. So it's a perfect venue. I'm super happy uh, that Roadburn is, is part of the O13 venue. I've always said like the venue is such an important part of the of the festival. It, it, it it's one of the state of the art venues in Europe. They have an incredible staff when it comes to all the production people yeah, and everyone involved. And that's also such a big big part of what Roadburn is. And these people are like so. Um, they know every inch of the venue, the sound engineers, the light engineers, they know everything about that venue. So bands playing Roadburn can take that to full advantage. While when you're like at bigger stages outside, everything will change. No, 
it's I, I'm happy how it is. And what happens uh, for the future of Roadburn? Of course, this year, uh, with everything in the music biz, it's off the table. But what what is the 2021 plans for Roadburn? To be honest, I have no idea yet. We, it's everything still changes by the week. Mm -hmm. By the week, the measures over here are changing by the week. It's very hard to look. Uh, to look forward for like weeks and Roadburn is still six months ahead mm -hmm. I of course we are looking into every possible scenario at this moment we are trying to make plans for anything to happen yeah. and I think in the next month or two we will make a decision what to do like as I said we, we are investigation every we are looking into every possible option, uh, whether we can do like a, a festival or a, that it's an online thing or a hybrid festival or like um, an hybrid festival where it's partly like uh, uh, in Tilburg and, 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 and online or that we have a full-on festival. Maybe there is a vaccine, a miraculous, a miraculous vaccine or medication. It's so hard to predict what will happen with 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 um, from now on and a half a year. So it's gonna be it's gonna be um, not anxious, but I'm I'm like wonder what's gonna happen, like and I keep my fingers crossed that we can come up with it with something really amazing for 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 Roadburn. But as of now today like thursday october 15th mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i have no idea yeah and i'll keep my fingers crossed denko just my fingers crossed that there will be a like a a, a full-on roadburn festival but reality will show um, soon uh, what will happen but we are working on, on on quite some ideas and plans to at least offer some hope for everybody involved well i mean we're all in this boat together, yeah. and uh, you know uh, your your wishes are, are my wishes as well. So I uh, I can't wait. I've never been to Roadburn, and I, I've always watched from afar. And you know maybe uh, maybe the next Roadburn will be my first. I I I, I, I still hope to um, to welcome you at at, at Roadburn, uh, 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 Danko. Because I know you have been a, ch a champion the, the underground for so long, and you have championed so many of, of the bands that played Roadburn, that it would be like really amazing to to have you as a guest, and that you are being at Roadburn in, in in a kind of in one kind of capacity, and being part to um, to add something to the festival. Well, is there a is there a, um, like a a vinyl market or some sort of record market at Roadburn? Like, we have a very small market. We have like three or four labels uh, selling merch, and that's it because I, I'm always thinking it's about the bands. So the, uh, the vast majority of the merchandise is actually the bands, and we just add like three or four uh, third parties, and that's literally it. Because well, I, I, sorry. 
so it, there is a small vinyl market, but the biggest vinyl market comes from the bands themselves. Well, I was just going to say that because that's that's probably where you'll find me at Roadburn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the place where the most people will find me at other <laughs> festivals too, wherever yeah. I am. Oh yeah. God! Yeah, it's, uh, my my whole place is stacked with records. Forty ah. years of record, forty years of record collecting. It's it got out of hand. Well, I'm in the I'm kind of getting rid of a lot of records during the lockdown i i've sold uh quite a few and uh of course that only ends up me wanting more records <laughs> oh god i know that feeling <laughs> it's you look at your yeah. thing it takes over your your space and you're like i need more space i got to get rid of these records and then <clears throat> once they're gone, you're like, oh, wow, I have space to, to get some more records. <laughs> yeah. my, my girlfriend is in the other room and she's, she said like something like, oh, this is so recognizable. <laughs> I, I... <laughs> it's true. It's true. But yeah. I am. I'm trying to. So, uh, yeah, it's funny. I, I actually sent an email off before I started talking to you about, hey, I wouldn't mind uh, a couple of records, <laughs> even though I just got <laughs> rid of... I got rid of a whole bunch in the last few months, but but uh, Walter, thank you for this, man. Thank you for uh, talking to me today. Uh, you're very welcome, um, Denko. 